This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. That's hello. it? Oh, you got a third I one. I got a third hello in tonight. I, I thought about a lot of different things to how to start the show. And I just can't get past the, how do I call it, the self-inflicted stupidity wounds that come out of Congress. Um, now, I read a lot about this, and, and then we're not going to talk about impeachment per se. Oh, thank goodness. But we're going to talk about what's going into this and our, our thoughts on that. Because you can, you can look up impeachment. Impeachment doesn't mean removal from office. Just so you know, it means getting to the trial with the Senate. That's all it means. Impeachment is not removal. No president has ever been removed from office. Correct. One has resigned. Two survived the the trial in the Senate, and this may be the third. We don't know. You know, a lot of people think Nixon was impeached. <laughs> I know. No, they do. I know. The articles of impeachment were never handed down before Nixon resigned. So people, just so you know that, he was never impeached. He never went to trial in the Senate because he resigned before that happened. Now, I think very highly he would have been impeached and i think he would have been removed from office i think there was enough there probably, probably knowing in the past i want to talk about this president okay and i want to go back to 2016 because i think that's where all this begins now i'm not excusing anything that donald trump has done as president that you find crude rude or anything in between but i want you to think if you were this person you just won a major victory and the, before that, you everyone even, assured you, you had no chance yes, of winning. Yes, you have no chance of winning. You're not anointed. You're not Madam Hillary. You won, however it happened, and whatever permutations occurred. And as soon as you're declared the victor, people are trying to undermine you and get you out of office, trying to keep the Electoral College from voting for you, trying to get you impeached the day you're inaugurated. That This is the, the backdrop. Now, that doesn't excuse Donald Trump's strange behavior if, if nothing else Th- just how he acts oh, I don't that's know if his he is. behavior is strange well i think he's crude I sure think he's that's, very not, that's not necessarily boorish. strange but think about if you were this person i don't care what it was you just got the job of your dreams and the moment you you agreed to the job somebody says you didn't deserve it and they're, they're trying to undermine you at every turn for years make up stuff Go drag you through the press, drag you through uh, an investigation with Robert Mueller for years. You're you're a little annoyed, are you not? <laughs> Just a tad, going. Wait a minute. No other president, maybe other than Andrew Johnson, has had the same kind of scrutiny upon taking office that I had. I was scrutinized before I even took office for things that didn't happen. And we know didn't happen, but the, the general public probably still believes they still happened. Right. Okay, so wait, I, I'm going to be the, um, I'm going to play the uh, the resistance. Okay, here. go and ahead. So the response to that is every single thing that has been done to Donald Trump is due to his own behavior, his own egregious constitution shredding, crude, unprecedented, unstatesmanlike, horrific, heinous. Acts while he has been in office, and had he not behaved in this fashion, he would not be attacked. So your attempt to cast him as a victim disgusts <laughs> me. So please respond to that, Chad. Well, I'd love to respond because go back to he was undermined the day he won the election. He had not taken office, so his acts as president hadn't existed because he didn't take office until January. He was the electoral college was. By the media and by by celebrities told to do not vote for this guy. Do not put him in. You have a right. You don't have to do this. They wanted to impeach him. Wasn't it Maxine Waters wanted to impeach oh, him? Sure. On the day he was inaugurated. <laughs> Before he was inaugurated, they wanted to impeach him. Well, which why wait? legally you can't do because he, asked, he has to be in office. I mean, why should you kick that can down the road? I mean, I admire Maxine. She wants to get on with it. <laughs> Let's get to the business of the state. This has been the resistance, as you said. From the beginning. Now, is it because he said, I don't know if I'll accept the outcome of the election? He did because he won. Had he not won, would he have challenged it? 
I don't know, Al Gore did in 2000, and he wasn't looked at as shredding the Constitution. What makes this man, other than you didn't expect him to win and you can't believe he won, except for the really horrendous, awful candidate you put up, but that, that, that's nothing compared to what's going on today. This is all – to me, the moment the Democrats won the House, there was going to be an impeachment. I don't care what Nancy Pelosi said. Oh, oh absolutely. Th- there was going to be an impeachment. Now, I want to reach out to one of our history professors who does not listen but should listen to this show. He keeps saying the American people spoke in 2018 and chose to give the House of Representatives to the Democrats. I would say – Mr. Professor, Dr. So-and-so, do you understand civics? In a House election, it's very localized. The United States did not choose to give the, the House to Democrats. Individual districts chose to give those candidates a Democratic spin. Though it's not, I didn't get to vote on, on the Democratic change. I voted for the Republicans, and they, they won where I was at. Sure. Well, I, I mean, I don't – the larger point I don't really contest is, yeah, the Democratic Party retook the House. Mm-hmm. Which the happens. The House – goes back and forth. Listen, my – I do not have any objection to this process, and what I mean by that is impeachment is a purely political mm-hmm. remedy. So it also has political consequences. Mm-hmm. Now – I think all of the impeachment talk about Ukraine, which just makes my eyes glaze over at this point, (laughs) is completely – it is beyond absurd, Okay, but on the substance. And we can talk about the transcript if you want in the call. The larger point is this. The Democrats have wanted to impeach him since day one. Mm -hmm. They now have the political power to do so because they control the branch of Congress that does that. Yes. The House – Drafts the articles of impeachment, votes, and then the Senate, as you pointed out, has to vote by a supermajority to remove. That will never happen. Cocaine Mitch will take this up for one hour and take a vote. It'll be over and done. Uh, But so I don't object. And by the way, the standard, what's the standard? High crimes and misdemeanors. That is not a legal term. Uh, It's not defined in the Constitution. It is essentially in the eye of the beholder. So if the Democratic Party, uh, in all of its wisdom... Uh, has decided we finally have a basis for impeaching Donald Trump. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Make my, you know, make my day, so to speak. And I do think that there's a part of Donald Trump, although I think this is very bad for the country, when we are now essentially using impeachment as a tool just to get, try to get rid of a guy that we haven't liked since he was elected instead of doing what they should do, which is consider why is it that our anointed one didn't, didn't win when we had guaranteed that she would. Maybe it's because she was a terrible candidate who had alienated most of the voters she needed to win. And maybe it's because our entire party has veered so far to the left, you know, that Che Guevara would be considered like William Buckley. I don't know. But so the use of this device uh, in this fashion, uh, that bothers me. But but again, the calculation they are now making is that this is going to redound to their benefit. I'm not sure that it's going to. That remains to be seen. Well, when you say we're down to their benefit, their benefit of what? Their benefit in a 2020 presidential election because they think uh, they will now be going against a tainted and wounded president who has been impeached. Mm-hmm. He has He's wearing the scarlet eye. And so therefore, by virtue of that, he's unelectable. He can't possibly be reelected. I don't see it that way necessarily. I think there are many, many Americans, again, including the, sh- the ever-shrinking contingent that are undecided. But the voters <laughs> that they, are. the voters that they want, the the voters that swung the last election, right? The Rust Belt voters. Mm-hmm. If you're going to tell me that that's a group that's going to be overly impressed with this ongoing, never-ending crusade to impeach Donald Trump, now about a phone call with the Ukraine, as opposed to focusing on, huh, I'd like to have more money in my pocket, all of the basic issues that most middle-class Americans care about. If you think they're gonna, that's going to help you more than hurt you as a Democratic Party, I tend to disagree. I think it's going to be a problem for them. Uh, and I... I've read the transcript. Have you read the transcript? I have. Okay. And I think we're probably two of maybe 10 in this country yes. who've read the transcript. I heard him ask, do you think you should in- investigate Hunter Biden? Not Joe. Hunter. Sure. 
because Hunter Biden got $3 million to be on a board for an oil and gas company that he knows nothing about oil and gas. So it would appear there was influence because Joe Biden was the vice president in charge of Ukraine policy. But I didn't hear him say investigate Joe Biden. Did you? I mean, well, no, but I, but I don't I think it even matters. I mean, I look, either. the argument and, and you make a very good point. Most of the media hasn't even read this transcript. Or if they have read it, they've immediately, like Adam Schiff, ignored it because it doesn't have in it what they wanted to say, which is, listen, I'm I'm making your cooperation in taking down my political opponent contingent upon aid to you. Or things that were you know, the whole quid pro quo. There is none. No. There is none on the face of the transcript. And this was this was demonstrated best by Adam Schiff's latest performance where he stood up in front of the House. And, okay, as a lawyer. I and, didn't put the clip on. No, as, as a trial lawyer, what? and you could probably answer this as a non-trial lawyer. Yeah. What is the best evidence if you're going to attack someone else's credibility in terms of testimony, what is the very best thing that you can show a jury to demonstrate that someone shouldn't be believed? Someone shouldn't be believed? Well, is it – the question is, it's their own statements. Well, yeah, their own right? words, which you, you have in front of you. When you impeach a witness on the stand, yeah. you impeach them with their own prior statements. You say, you've said that. You said them in a trap. You once said me. that. You've said this. You've admitted that. Now, Adam Schiff, in his indictment of Donald Trump, this alleged horrendous impeachable offense, he he literally made up every word Mm -hmm. of that transcript. Why? Because apparently the transcript itself, which should have been all he needed, I'm going to quote you from what Donald Trump said. I'm going to read another incredible quote. No, no, we had to make it up. We had to do fiction for five minutes because it isn't in there. And he didn't admit to it till later. Well, then he said, you know, I was a parody. I was a parody. Look, uh-huh. In front of Congress. Yes, that's a parody. You're a parody. And, th- and now you have all of these uh, novelists, these mind readers saying, well, it's obvious. It's obvious. It, the implication, it's like the mafia showing up at your house. Say, Listen, is that how this works? Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'm at another stage where I simply refuse to take any of these people seriously because none of them believe this. That This has been the end result as of day one, that they demanded. We don't really care the reasons. Fi- the reasons don't matter. Yeah. Right? Finally, the crown of Yeah. So they relied for two years on their savior, Robert Mueller. Oh, my word, that didn't work out. We had emoluments. <laughs> we had Stormy. We had literally psychiatrists talking about the 25th Amendment. We've, we had medical doctors talking about potential syphilis. Literally. Do you remember yes, this? I do. This I is do. in the New York Times. Yeah. Okay? So the end result was determined when Maxine Waters on day one decided he has to be impeached. Yes. Has to be impeached. We'll, we'll cobble together whatever facts and narrative we need to justify our conclusion. And now it just happens to be Ukraine. Okay? I, Did you read the text that they supposedly had in front of Congress that were leaked by the Democrats? No, I actually haven't read the text because now, now I'm so tired of this well, story. I can't really so pay attention to it anymore. Here was my contention. As a lawyer, if somebody says, this is what I texted to somebody else, but it's not the person we're talking about. So it's not the defendant. I texted to somebody else. You and I texted about a third person, but the third person was not involved in the text. How is that testimony? My opinion shared with you does not make the third person guilty. It's just my opinion. Well, and again, even the whistleblower who, you know, now there's things leaking out that he He wasn't even on the call. He's a dead. Well, not he wasn't on the call. It's like everything is second and third hand. Everything. Uh, Officials who know other officials who know the wife of an official have told me this and told me that the entire thing is an absurdity. Look. If here's the only thing from that transcript that really bothers me, and it not even bothers me that I think that someone could legitimately say, you know what, that that's a little problematic, is the reference to them cooperating with his private attorney yeah. in Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, okay? I agree. With Rudy that. Giuliani does not represent Donald Trump and doesn't represent the United States in any official capacity. Mm-hmm. He's his private lawyer, so I don't think. I don't think it's appropriate for a president. I think it's, by the way, it's entirely appropriate in my view for Trump to be talking about, listen, you know, I want you to investigate corruption. Now, the rejoinder to that is when has Donald Trump ever cared about corruption? Fine. <laughs> if, if, you want, yes. if, if you want to say that it's interesting what piques his interest and what doesn't, that's fine. But in and of itself, 
the conversation with what's his name? I forget Zelensky. Yeah. Saying, you know, you really need to get to the bottom of this. Um, I'd like you to cooperate with my attorney general. Entirely appropriate. And what's what's hilarious as well, we're not even supposed to talk about the so remember, as you pointed out, we have a prosecutor in the Ukraine who's investigating corruption. Hunter Biden, um, his only known talents, apparently, philandering cocaine, whatever else. <laughs> certainly, Biden. certainly no CV <laughs> that entitles him to be on the board of the largest energy company, Burisma, I believe. They're paying him $50,000 a month. And then a prosecutor who is investigating corruption, Joe Biden... There's a video of him bragging at the time because Biden was the liaison for the Obama administration to the Ukraine. Biden saying we basically threatened them to withhold a billion dollars in aid if they didn't sack this guy. That seems a bit. There's also a picture of him and Hunter playing golf when Joe Biden said never met the man. There's a picture of you standing next to him smiling right. with your so arms around each other. So we don't care at all. Flip the script, make that anyone in Trump's orbit with this arrangement. Oh, yeah. Again, there'd be, Rightly so, so. There'd be squadrons of, of reporters attempting to win multiple Pulitzers on the, you know, the apocalyptic scandal that this represents. So I just refuse to listen to any of these people. I, I don't care. And the other larger point is if we're going to talk about, you know, this is a new frontier, it's unprecedented, we have a president using political power. No, no, <laughs> like, do these people know anything about oh this? Like, this is, this is unusual? And yeah. focus on the fact that if you really care about the U.S. government, a presidential candidate or a high-ranking politician using the power of the government to attempt to destroy or undermine opposing politician – what do you think we just lived through mm. for the last three years? Exactly. Because the definition of that is the Russia fantasy. <laughs> is it not? It is. It completely is. This, this is just one more. That didn't work. Let's do this. That didn't work. Let's do this. Now, I was listening to Bill Whittle this morning, and he said, you know, anytime you look at something like this where it's all one party, impeachment is going to be all Democrat. There might be a few Republicans in the House that vote for it. But in the Senate, it's it's going to be all Democrats vote yeah. one way, Republicans vote the other. If you do that, this is not a this is not a a political process, which is what it should be. This is something when there's something seriously rises that you should really think, is this what we should do? When it's one party going after another, it looks political. It looks like you're trying to take out your opponent through this political process because you can't come up another way. Well, and, and the the other point is People might tend to take this a little bit more seriously if they hadn't been screaming about impeachment since the day <laughs> after he was elected. Yes. So when you are going to talk about impeachment for everything under the sun, then we're not going to listen to you on what? This is the seventh, the seventh justification. It's insane. It's insane. Keep your powder dry. Yeah. We've said this repeatedly. Donald Trump is a target-rich environment. Mm -hmm. He's a walking disaster zone in many cases. He does and says things that are inappropriate. And by the way, I'm fine if you – I would challenge anyone because I've talked to people who uh, you know, on the other political end of the spectrum who have said, it's obvious what's going on in that transcript. And I've said, tell me what section of the transcript is the impeachable offense. It's just, it's obvious. I think it's, it's the Giuliani. It's the penumbra. Possibly. It's clear that he's exert. It's clear ba based clear. on what? Based on what? And you know what? I'm fine with you saying it's completely improper. He shouldn't have done it. Okay. It's a high crime and misdemeanor. I mean, again, that's a subjective. Very vague. That, that's, a, that's a sliding scale. But I'm at like the it. end of the day, my attitude is Godspeed, baby. You guys want to do this? Oh, one other point. Because Andy McCarthy has written about this, and I think he's correct. This is not even an impeachment process yet. It's, it's essentially it's an impeachment theater. <laughs> and an inquiry is nothing. Yeah. Now, the Constitution does not require the House. There are House, six committees, though. Right. The Constitution does not require the House to take a formal vote. Nevertheless, if you're going to engage in an impeachment process where you're we saying we are pursuing this, we are pursuing articles of impeachment, which generally includes subpoenas, a hearing, then you need to have a formal vote. 
You should. You should. If, you, if you want people to take the process seriously, and by okay. the way, now that the Trump administration, you know, they've written these letters, we demand you provide this, and they basically said, forget it. And you know what? Entirely appropriate. If you're not going to actually have the stones, number one, to take a vote, <laughs> number two, issue subpoenas that we can deal with in court, we're going to completely ignore you, as you should be ignored, because part of this is still, I think, Pelosi's trying to have it both ways, which is, you know, we're still not really sure politically how this is going to wind mm -hmm. up. I want to make sure we we maximize all the news exposure, uh, but I don't know whether we want to take that final step and commit to this. Ultimately, they're going to have to, wow. because now that that door is opened, the, you know, the rabid, the rabid base is never going to let them give up. So did, he's going to be impeached. Yeah, did I, they, I really think so. Did I read this week that Nancy or somebody from the Democratic side threatened if he didn't turn things over quickly, they were going to ratchet things up into oh, no. something. I don't know what, what it gonna, was. Yes, I don't know what they're going to do. And I think it was interesting that they picked Adam Schiff instead of Jerry Nadler. Why is, well, Nad Nadler's a bumbler. He is, but he's the ranking member of yeah. that committee. And you picked Adam Schiff, who is a, obviously a liar. From no, oh, known liar. Just, just a, yeah, I mean, he's... Known fabricator. Let's call him a fabricator. And that's why I actually think there were probably a lot of people on the Democratic side that were very angry with Schiff for his uh, credibility torpedoing, uh, yeah. not that there was any left, but his performance where he, again, he's he's quoting the president, making everything up yes. out of whole cloth. Not really quoting. So let me ask you this. The Nancy Pelosi is on, on record as saying, I don't care if we lose the House as long as we get impeachment sure which sure. i don't believe that's what she means and i think she knows that this is most likely not going to go anywhere once it gets to the senate that he's not going to be removed from office and to make him a wounded wounded candidate do you th do you think that, that this is well i think it's payback from 98 but it, it wouldn't matter they hate trump so much it wouldn't have to have been but do you think clinton being impeached and tried in the senate in 98 Led to Al Gore losing in two thousand. No, I don't got anything. To do nothing with to do with it. No. Okay, so this is closer, going to be closer to the election than than that was. But I just don't, I don't see what the end game is other, other than saying we impeached him, but you didn't convict him, so it doesn't really matter that you impeached him. You made up a political process and you went through with it. You know, if you if you say you were a criminal prosecutor and you prosecuted somebody and you lost can you really go back and say well we we, we charged him and prosecuted him but you didn't convict him no Does i think matter? i think the presumption and I, i'm not sure it's correct but i think it's incorrect would be that anytime you've got a, a president who's been impeached that is in that's a taint and a stain that you can't overcome and so going into the next election they're going to keep shrieking about it. but I, I think they've completely miscalculated because they have been so pathologically obsessed to the point of ludicrous hysteria from the first hour that this guy got elected. I really think that most of the people in flyover country that are not consumed with this on an hourly basis, number one, they don't care. And number two, it actually makes them really angry. I view it the same way as what happened to them with the Kavanaugh fiasco, mm. which is they thought that they were going to have this – this show trial, this Soviet-style inquisition, and forever wreck this guy's reputation. And I think it actually had the opposite effect. It galvanized a lot of people that normally didn't care about Brett Kavanaugh or thought maybe he was an entitled, preppy, elite, white guy. <laughs> and it angered them to watch what was going on. And I really think that most of the people, including the people they need to vote for them, because you already have all the people in Upper Manhattan and all those other places. They hate Trump with the passion of a, you know, yeah. the intensity of a thousand sons. But the people that you really need to convince, you know what? You got to run away from the bad orange man and vote for the AOC, <laughs> the you know, the fetch party. Um, that's not going to have the desired effect. I think it's going to have the opposite effect. I think you're probably right on that, and I think there's there's a political consequence to using a political tactic. High kinds of misdemeanors is not a legal term. It is a political term. And using it, I am not a huge fan of the impeachment process, at least at the presidential level, maybe for a well, judge. And by the way, nor are historically until now people like Jerry Nadler. And yes, have have you seen yes. some of the public? It's, uh, you know, it deprives the electorate. It's an obscenity. They're like, well, they don't care about that anymore. No, um, no. The other thing is I really think the major part of this has nothing to do with tactics or – 
political calculation. These people can't help themselves. That's true. We've talked about this. Donald Trump drives them mad. Mm-hmm. He has – there is something about him. And it goes beyond, you know, what we really hate is tweeting and I can't stand the way he looks and he's just insufferable. No, no. There is something uniquely genetically about Donald Trump that drives these people over the edge. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think there's a very fascinating psychological study to be had here about – what that effect is, but they have they have blindly been sprinting towards this from the beginning, and they will not deny themselves their their pound of flesh, however much it gets them. And so maybe Nancy Pelosi is right. This is their this is their kamikaze mission. They hope it turns out well for them. I don't I don't know that it's going to. Well, the first time it was used was against Andrew Johnson. He was the only president thus far who has gone through impeachment who actually had a chance to run for re-election. He did not get nominated by his party and did not run for election and did not win. Nixon, had he not been imp- resigned and had been impeached and successfully or unsuccessfully gone, he would not have been able to run again anyway. Uh, Clinton couldn't run again after he was impeached. Trump could. So this is a unique test in the modern day for trying to sabotage the next election, which again, if we're being very fair, we want a fair and open election. But I don't believe the Democrats want a fair and open no, election. No, they don't. They want a rigged election in their favor, and that's what this is about to me. Uh, I'm not even – I'm not going to say it that way. What I would say is it's become very apparent, uh, certainly as it relates to Trump, but we've seen this kind of behavior even before. The Democratic Party right now, certainly its leadership, they refuse to accept any outcome other than them winning the election. Mm-hmm. If they don't win an election – they will not accept its legitimacy. Yeah. And, and you, this goes back to even the Bush-Gore yes. era, which yes. is when we lose, it's unfair, it's Russians, it's the, 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 the just-invented electoral college yeah. that deprived us of this. <laughs> they, they Right now, and I think this has a large – this is largely due to the fact that they view the people that oppose them as inherently evil. We've talked about mm-hmm. this. You're not just misguided. You're not just political opponents. You're evil. You are preventing them from enshrining their centrally planned utopia. And so they just will not accept the – which is ironic because you cited at the beginning Donald Trump was the one that was rumbling about this. Yes. And, and they were all had the vapors. Oh, can you believe it? He's, he's not even – they're not going to be able to remove him, right? They're the ones that refuse to come to grips with the fact, you know what? The American people hated your candidate. And had you only done something sensible, like, I don't know, maybe run Joe Biden before he had now gotten to the point of abject senility, that you would have probably won the last election. But that can't be the answer. The answer can't be you angered a lot and alienated a lot of people by condescending to them and talking about them as deplorables. (laughs) So the disdain Mm -hmm. for the flyover red state Americans was palpable. In fact, you wear it as a badge of honor. Mm. So (laughs) that, that effect has seemingly not penetrated and you ran a terrible candidate, cold, aloof, corrupt, as much of a prevaricator as Donald Trump Marie Antoinette in her Scooby van and you are stunned that she lost. Oh, by the way, and also completely unwilling to do what was necessary because she thought it was in the bag of actually go and try to connect with the blue wall states that you needed that were supposedly a guarantee. That's the lesson for you. How about you try to win another election? No, no, we're not accepting that. We want to remove this guy. Mm-hmm. Because we just can't stand the fact that he's the president, and we're going to continue to have our tantrum for the four, the full four years. I do not believe they think he's going to be removed. I don't believe anybody well, in the Democratic Party thinks removed. he's going to be removed. That's not the goal. So what this tells me is, one, we hate this guy, and two, we have to weaken him as much as possible because the candidates we have running for president are crazy. But that begs the question, does it weaken him? We don't know. It might weaken him, but does it weaken his ability to win re-election? Because I think you're right. I think it emboldens the other people who the Democrats loathe to vote for him because they see him as the victim. Now, he has to keep his mouth shut most of the time instead of sh- you know, shooting it off. and getting So that's himself- not going to happen. Well, somebody needs to get to him and say, let's calm it down. Play the victim because everybody loves a victim. They love to root for the underdog, and you're the underdog being attacked by these mean Democrats. That gives him a shot. 
if he keeps shooting his mouth off and doubling down, asking China, would you investigate them? Would Ukraine group? Stop. I mean, they're either going to or they're not going he's to. Not China gonna, investigating somebody is a he's, joke. He's not going to stop. He's not going to stop because this is what he does. And But I think it does embolden people. I really think it emboldens the people the Democrats detest it, most. The, look, Trump is calculating, I think correctly, this plays directly into his ongoing narrative. And by the way, it's not a narrative that the whole witch hunt idea, right? He can cast himself as a victim. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. They don't have the goods. Okay? That's the biggest problem. Yeah. You were counting on Mueller to have the goods. There's nothing there. It was a fiction. It was a fable. And in fact, it should, hopefully we're going to find out a whole bunch of stuff from the IG and from – Dunham or Durham and these guys that are actually investigating this, mm-hmm. that there's going to be some people thrown in jail over this in terms of the, the leaking and all of this this disgraceful behavior. But you didn't have the goods on Russia, and now you've defaulted to Ukraine? And what? A telephone? What did he say? No, it's just you don't have the goods. So you're going to try to convince Joe the plumber, no, no, we're, <laughs> we're in the righteous vanguard here. We're eliminating yep. the evil emperor No, it just you don't have what you need to convince the American public. Again, you already have 40 percent of the country that thinks he's Hitler and that we're living in some sort of, you know, beyond Thunderdome dystopia. You don't need to convince them. They've been convinced since day one. That's why they have 17 therapy puppies (laughs) and continue to have electroshock therapy. Right. Yeah. Um, The people that you need to convince, the ones that actually don't like Donald Trump Mm -hmm. and want a reason to vote for somebody else. Is this what's going to convince them to do it? No. I don't think so. I doubt it. I, doubt. I look at it this way. It's 2019. If you just wait a year, he might not be here. If you have a valid point to run on, if you have a good candidate who can connect with the voters, there's a good chance you, you win this election. Now, you don't have anybody running currently that meets those so criteria. So I was going to say, is it, are we going to magic this person into no, existence? there isn't. But that's what I'm saying. You're trying to get rid of somebody in – Basically the last year of their presidency, but just wait it out unless you truly believe he won't leave well, office. Well, the, and again, the, the hilarious end game always is let's play it out. And somehow, somehow, I don't know, like everyone in the Senate turns into Mitt Romney on the Republican side <laughs> and they actually remove him from office. Who's president then? Mike Pence. Hmm. Now, I know that the the wish casting has been that somehow, magically, Nancy Pelosi will become president because she would be (laughs) next in line, correct? Yes, yes. How are we removing Mike Pence? Uh, He doesn't have dinner with women without his wife. Okay, right. So maybe they can add him to like the- (laughs) That's a high uh, crime and misdemeanor. It's 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 slanders towards women. (laughs) Right. We're going to do an addenda to the articles of impeachment to include Mike Pence. Right. So where are you going? And by the way, just in terms of- who is actually more of a threat to them? They can't. Mike Pence is kind of like Dick Cheney to them. In other words, yeah. they're, they've been so fixated on, you know, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, the destructor, <laughs> that they, they've forgotten if Mike Pence right now was president, there would be wailing and gnashing of teeth even greater than in, in some ways Donald Trump. Sure, Mike Pence wouldn't behave in the same way, right. but given his devout Christian faith. I mean, this guy, and he's smart. Mm-hmm. He would be cast as the most, he's, he's beyond Palpatine, right? <laughs> so be. what are we thinking about to deal with Mike Pence as president? Uh, I don't think they have a plan for that one. I, I think of the movie, my fellow Americans with James Garner and um, Jack Lemon. If you haven't seen it, there's a the vice president who seems like a bumbling fool gets the president outed for some affair he had but he's collecting his whole thing to get rid of everybody, and he now becomes president. That's what I think I'm looking at Mike Pence going, mm, he's kind of behind the scenes. But my fear is Mike Pence is, yes, he's the vice president, but does, it, does the general public really know Mike Pence? No, of course he, not. He looks like the guy from uh, Johnny Quest. You know, the, I, I just don't feel like he's just – he's kind of there, but you don't really know him. Yeah, but what is your point, though, about that? Well, because if they get the – Let's say they weaken Trump and the Republicans say, you know what? You're too weakened. We need to get us new. Or let's say enough people in the Senate say, I like Mitt Romney. I like the cut of his jib, and I'm going to go with him, and we're going to remove Donald Trump. Then you got Mike Pence trying to run for reelection with very little time to actually prove himself in the office. 
And I think that well, diminishes no, I the think process. All that, all that does is, first of all, Mike Pence is not going to be the guy that necessarily you're going to have the open field again. Right. Now, it's going to be le- very late in the day. Right. You know, so that's going to be difficult. But guaranteed, you're going to have the Ted Cruz's of the world immediately throwing their hats back into the ring. Um, and, and that's that's not going to happen. I mean, Donald Trump is going to serve out his term. I would say it's probably 75 percent likely that he will be impeached. Mm-hmm. He will not be removed. Oh, I think 100 percent he'll be impeached. I can't, well, I can't. I can't see a pass where they don't impeach. Him. Well, the only reason I say that, because right now. Right now, they're still in that sort of inquiry haze. They've been doing that for months. Well, I know, but that's my point because Nancy Pelosi is having closed-door meetings right now, and the key thing for them is how long do we want this to drag on because they don't – she wants this done, the entire thing by the end of the year. So my only point is you better get out of your inquiry – whatever, phantom zone here where you're really not – moving forward and boldly declare here's the articles we're we're having a vote you're impeached i i agree with you it's more it's more likely than not that's going to happen but i still think there's some people in the background saying listen we want to get our theatrics out of this we want to get the news cycle i'm not sure politically we want to do this but it doesn't if they don't impeach him then they look feckless don't they well they've got all the control they look feckless but here's the thing they look feckless to who? Of course it will enrage. To their own people. That's right. But they already have those votes. Do you really think that those people, True. as enraged as they will be, are going to go vote for Donald Trump to no, punish but, them? But no. they may primary some of these representatives. Okay, fine. But Nancy already said they don't care about the House, well, supposedly. They, she may not care, but these representatives may care. The pelt, the, on the, wall, the pelt on the wall is the presidency. That is... That is the holy grail for them. They must, they must, by all cost, regain the presidency. So my point is, absolutely will make them look feckless. It will completely anger to the point of, well, they're already insane, whatever, head explosions, <laughs> their base. But their base is already locked in. No matter how many tantrums they have about the failure to impeach, the people they have to worry about in a general election are not part of crazy town. So they're not going to necessarily think they're feckless. They might actually think, you know what? Sanity actually prevailed in the Democratic Party, and they stopped this nonsense and are now actually focused on the things that matter. I don't see any of Donald Trump's ads saying, you know what? They stopped just short of the cliff. I think they they were smart people. I I think they're – if they don't impeach him, I don't believe they survive primaries. I think they lose the House. Because they showed it to be feckless. Any of these they may, moderates look, are going to go, they hey, may lo- whoa. Look, they're likely to lose the House. The potential to lose the House, it's not even a double-edged sword. In other words, they can lose the House for either reason. Mm-hmm. They may lose the House because they've angered so many other people, particularly in these red, purplish states where you had to pretend you're semi-moderate. And now all these people are going to be angry about this impeachment circus. So you could lose it that way. Yeah. Or to your point... Now your your turnout and your support just completely deflates. You get primaried and you lose that way. Yeah. So it's a huge gamble congressionally no matter how they play this. Do you think there's a reduced turnout regardless of how they play this? There's reduced turnout of the Democrats for the presidential election? No. You think they're emboldened to – No, because can you imagine? They've already had to live through yeah. four years in the concentration camps. The, the prospect of four more – yeah, that, that's, you know, that's no, it's, it's an existential threat, as yeah. they said. So, so let's get to those candidates for a second. Uh, this week, Bernie Sanders underwent a heart procedure, determined he had a heart attack, got some stents placed. He's going to be back on the campaign trail. I think he was fading already. He's done. And I think there's no possibility. There's only two people. that Paul Songus in 92 was leading the Democrats and Bill Clinton came from behind because Paul Songus had heart problems. I do not think this is not Eisenhower where they covered it up. I do not think a president of that age or a candidate of that age with heart problems gets a nomination. I just don't I don't see how that that happens. There's only two people that can win for them win the nomination. Do you think it's Biden or Biden and Warren? That's it. Wow. Kamala Harris is gone. I mean, who is it? Mayor Pete? No. I, I heard Mayor somebody Pete never had a chance. I heard somebody Ever. saying the other day that you know, if 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 Bernie kind of continues to fade and Bernie's essentially running third right now, uh, but he missed his he missed his cycle, yeah. and nobody is electing 
How old is he? 78. In a 78-year-old Okay, I'm going to call him a socialist just to be polite, but he's he's basically a communist. Cranky, health issues. No, he'll be just, 79 before he took it's not office. Happening. So it's down it's down to Biden and Warren. That that that's their that's who they're going to have. I I think age wasn't an issue as much until this happened. I think he he's gone. Biden and Warren. You said Biden in 2016 would have been a viable candidate. I think he wasn't put in front of the scrutiny. He still would have been a horrible candidate in 2016. Well, I only say that because and Biden has always been gaftastic, right? But yeah. but recently, I mean, it does seem obvious that he is his facilities are degrading sure, a little bit. Sure. He he's just, he's just getting old. He's just in seventies as well. Right. He's getting old. Is he seventy two, um, I believe, or something like that? So he doesn't seem even to have the same level of energy. He I think he's just tired and I don't I never thought he was gonna get out of the primary anyway because uh-huh. he's too much of a he's an unwoke white male. Well that yeah that that plays against him. I can't believe Focahontas could be the nominee. I, I just don't. I don't know how. It, what do you mean? We when she said I'm Native American and professed it for years and years and got advantages because of it, and then she takes a DNA test and she's not sure. even related to any Native Americans of any either continent. What, I just don't know how you you blatantly lie to the public for decades, take advantage from something you don't have. Well. And then see, sure, but I mean, the response to that is going to be: Listen, Trump blatantly lies to the public every thirty-six seconds. People don't necessarily care about that. I do think it's a huge problem for her, and in in a general election, it's going to be, I mean, fodder for every ad that Trump runs against her. So it's going to it's going to be a problem for her. But look, she's she's a better, although not much better. But if you listen to her speak. She's a little bit better extemporaneous speaker than Hillary. She's basically Hillary. That doesn't take much. She's basically Hillary part deux um, with even crazier ideas. Now, I don't think she believes any of these crazy ideas, although some of them she does. Uh, But the issue for Warren is, you know, this is the woman that has said the minute that the crown is placed on my head and the robe is clasped around my shoulders, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ban fracking. We're going to we're going to have state control of the companies. We're going to have free everything, uh, all, all of this craziness. So I don't know how you walk that back, those multiple sound bites from in a general election. Well, I'm trying to figure out she has no grasp whatsoever on economics. None. No, no, she does. But, she but everything she proposes. No, of course. Is insane. She she's not allowed to propose things that are economically sensible. She can't be the nominee. They're not even possible. Of course not. She can't. She wants to take more money than we have to fund programs that are never going to work. Oh, even just, Joe Biden in his diminished state goes, huh? Yeah. Just stop being so negative. Um, <laughs> no, she, of course she's in, in. If you actually review the substantive proposals, and I know this is you're trying to divide up, you know, the, the gradations of crazy. Hers are actually the most loony. Yeah. Not only the most loony, the most authoritarian. Now, all of them, all of their policies, because any form of of that level of extreme socialism requires coercion. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? Yeah. The central planners need to take (laughs) all the stuff. We need to retrofit the stuff. We need to take your money. We need to do all of this. But hers are just, yeah, they're, uh, they're gibbering madness. They don't even make any sense because she wants to... What did I say? She wanted to tax above a certain amount of of um, uh, I can't remember what it was now. Well, she wants a two percent wealth tax. Yeah, but she just came out with something, and I can't remember what it was about above five thousand. Oh, it's advertising for lobbying. Yeah. She wants to tax any money you spend above five million dollars in lobbying. You have to pay a twenty percent tax to somebody. She's already said things like, <laughs> but you know, it's not, it doesn't. The First Amendment doesn't – Congress cannot infringe freedom of speech of the people. Why are you assuming that the First Amendment means anything to her? It means nothing. But None th- of these proposals <laughs> pass constitutional muster in any way, shape, or form. Why would someone even make the statement, I'm going to ban fracking my first day in office? That person is either 
an incredibly cynical demagogue, which I, I could vote for that, or <laughs> or they they don't care and have no understanding whatsoever that their powers as a chief executive within our constitutional framework are somewhat limited. And this is the same person and the same people that are crying themselves to sleep every night with crocodile tears about how Donald Trump is knocking the pillars out from under our constitutional system. I'm going to ban fracking on the first day that I am immaculated. Okay, whatever. You're nuts. And the only reason this hasn't hurt her so far is because in the Democratic primary, the Democratic operatives with bylines, no one is asking her questions like, so what about all the millions of American workers that are in that industry? And how are you going to, like, by what method and process will you accomplish this? And all of these things, the free college and the tuition repayment and i'm assuming the ar-15 ban because all of them are on board for all of this sure and oh and the we're going to pay for all the health benefits for illegal i'm not allowed to say that yes. uh, undocumented persons of dignity in whatever. new york city you're not allowed to say that as, no as against the for law. illegal immigrants meaning people who are not legally in the country you're going how are you going to do that and so you would prefer to tax and redistribute money from American citizens to pay for those people. You can't hide from these issues. You can only hide so far on a general election. And if you're going to stake out those positions, which are several deviations from the mean to the left from Barack Obama, okay? <laughs> yeah. In four years, their party has has tilted. Be almost it's It's beyond like a George McGovern, really. So you, th- that becomes indefensible, and it's red meat for a guy like Trump who is just going to – because he doesn't care that she's a woman. He's no. going to continue to mock her, right? Now, most people would say that's awful. You know what? That's what he's going to do. And none of the stuff about you're a misogynist, none of it makes any difference. Most normal Republican candidates, it would be a problem for them. They're not going to go there. Trump is go- – now, you may say, well, it's horrible he's going to do that. You're right. We can argue about his tactics. We can argue about his demeanor. <laughs> Should he conduct himself that way? Probably not. But the point is he's going to. Mm-hmm. The playbook does not work against him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't – if they run her, mm-hmm. I don't think she can beat him. I, I don't disagree. I don't think, I think Biden can beat him. I think Biden is the one person, even though he's also had to kowtow to all of the, the high priests of wokeness, He's at least a guy that potentially doesn't scare to death the middle of the road people that are going to look at Elizabeth Warren and say, oh, I just can't I can't do it. Do you think that's more because he his wokeness is recent and her wokeness <laughs> you is mean longer entirely term? fake and invented? Correct. So he said, ah, you know, that was just to get the nomination. This is what I really believe. This is what I've always oh, well, no, believed. I've make, got my history showing that. Make no mistake. I mean, if you look at his voting record and however many decades he's been in politics, Joe Biden is a very liberal guy. Sure. So he's no moderate. This no, whole no, label no. of him being a moderate is, By just, comparison, is, moderate. is nonsense. <laughs> but, yeah, the whole I'm on board, I'm sure, and I, I, I repeat myself, but <laughs> if somebody in his inner circle would just tell him, Joe, the next debate, we want you to stand up and list all the things that you're for, your liberal bona fides, and then demonstrate that you think that all this other Andromeda Galaxy, Age of Aquarius stuff is kookery. And you're going to say it and you're going to call them out. Yes, we actually have to enforce borders. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're not going to go and ban guns. The Constitution doesn't allow us to do that, Beto. And no, the government is not going to seize the means of production, even though that makes AOC's heart go pity pat. We're not going to do any of this because it's bonkers. (laughs) And I can still be a very down-the-line liberal guy who's going to protect Roe v. Wade and who's going to raise taxes for the children, even though we'll call them investments and all that other stuff. And if he would actually do that, mm-hmm. I think the people in the Democratic Party who are too scared to raise their hand and say, yeah, we think all of these people are nuts, but we're not allowed to say that because we're going to be cast into perdition, right? Mm-hmm. They would cheer. Like, finally, we've got a guy we know who will vote the way we want him to vote, and we can at least now whisper to ourselves, he's not 
He's crazy. Totally bonkers. But he won't do it. He won't no. do it because he's well, too scared because the the 7% of the country that dominates Twitter, mm-hmm. those are the people that they are at the mercy of. Uh, that's true. That's true. So let's get into a fun topic before we finish here. At least fun for me. Maybe not fun for you. I'll be the judge of the funniest. I was trying to think of a movie where the remake was better than the original. You're just talking about a sequel. No, not a sequel. I mean a remake. Oh, a remake where they rebooted it. So the Red Dawn from 1984 and the Red Dawn from Who Gives a Crap because it was awful. Right. A a complete reboot. Well, either a reboot or just not a shot for shot necessarily remake, but something that... Is the same, not a, not in the same universe, but the same movie done with new actors, new everything. And I, I'm struggling to come up with anything. Can you think of anything with a remake? Well, because we have better technology and better CGI is better. I think almost never. I, I will throw out there. There have been now what? There's been recently at least three different actors who played Spider-Man. Yes. So there's been Tobey Maguire, there's been Andrew Garfield, and now there's, I can't remember the guy's Tom name. Tom Holland. Tom, okay. I think, I actually think that each successive version, now I know a lot of people, uh, Sam Raimi directed a lot of the first, the first ones, first and he's three. a very good director. The first I just never liked Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I didn't either. So I actually thought the Andrew Garfield movies were better, and that was kind of a reboot. You thought that was better than Tobey Maguire? Yes. Okay. And now I think that the Tom Holland movies are better than the Andrew Garfield movies. And the, so there's a succession of reboots that I think each one has actually gotten progressively better. Okay. But I don't know that those really count because, I mean, Spider-Man has so many different stories, so it's not... It's not like a standalone movie. It's just sort of the Spider-Man universe has sure. been recreated again and again. But I, but my personal opinion is that each of the reboots has been better than the last one. I, I would agree, and I, and I think part of that, to your point, is the first five Spider-Man movies were done in the Sony universe, and Sony took care of them. The reboot with Tom Holland came from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think it was more cohesive better story because they tell better stories i think because it was part of the marvel universe you could include other characters that you could not have included with sony so they were limited in the scope of what they could use and i think that limits the story when you do that so i i think that's part of it but i would agree i think tom holland has done a better job i mean i'm struggling to even come up with right now off the top of my head an, an actual reboot of classic movies i, I can't even think I, of I'm, I'm still again remake meaning like red dawn and red dawn all right. Is there another one? I'm blanking. I, I'm thinking the longest yard with Adam Sandler versus no. Burt Reynolds, okay. well, and I think the original was better than the the if, remake. If you don't think the original is better, you well, need to be involuntarily. I, I thought th- I liked the remake, but I didn't no. think it was better. No. And and I was because my, my daughter and I were talking about this. What you know, good movies of the old, and she doesn't like to watch anything that's black and white. She thinks black and white is obviously too old, and you shouldn't do that. Because we were trying to watch some Marx you Brothers. You shouldn't movies. do that, Marx Brothers. But she likes the Three Stooges because they're shorts. They're not necessarily full length movies. But the Marx Brothers are just a little over her head at this moment. But they're black and white. As soon as she sees black and white, she turns off. She goes, eh. even Wizard of Oz. With the black and white parts, she goes, oh, it's black and white. I don't want to watch it. As soon as it's color, she's fine. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's her generation. But I really cannot think of anything. And that was where I was struggling. Is there, is there any movie that's been remade that's better than the original, regardless of the technology? We thought the Star Wars prequels were going to be good. They weren't. And if you, you mean think the ones they, that George Lucas The did? ones that George Lucas the, They were. 99 through 2005. They were horrible. I, I don't know what you watched, but, but that but was that's not, not a. But that's it wasn't not a remake, remake, but we just thought we were going to get Empire Strikes Back three more times. And what we got was, you know, THX 1137. Uh, we'll need to think about this more because I, I literally cannot come up with even five. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The original, original, oh, was original so much better than much Willy Wonka better. That's with because, Johnny Depp. I mean, Gene Wilder, yeah, is look. Johnny Depp was just weird in that movie. He's weird, and even anyway. the original kids are better. Yes, yes, they are, and, that, and the original Oompa Loompas are better. Everything is better. It was, and that's what I'm saying. I can't think of anything, and why? What I can't figure out is why. We have better technology. We've got the story. You know what, though? But I see. Oh, I, oh, I got one. Judge Dredd, <laughs> and. and Take this for what it is. If you ever read the comic, that's fine. The, the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd was horrible. 
the remake with uh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban was a better, more true to the comic, but a better movie. It didn't get as well received. It certainly wasn't as popular, but it was a better I, movie. I tend to agree with you, but Judge Dredd has been so it's watched hard. by so few people. I mean, that's, that's kind of like a I know, you know, it's like an underground kind of cult. I mean, but I know there's people that know that movie, but, but it's one one I can think of where it's probably better than the original, even though the, ori- the original was ham fisted at best. I, but there's, it's just hard to me for understand. You've got a story that people love, and everybody says, boy, that, I'd love them to remake that movie today with all the technology they could do no, to make it so much better. No, but I think you've seized on the point, though, is that technology does not make a movie better. Correct. When, because they didn't have the crutch of technology, the original movies had to be focused far more on story mm-hmm. and the characters and the dialogue. I'm not saying that there aren't great acting and and great screenwriting that's going on now. But I do think that just because we can now have more special effects, that doesn't make a movie better. It just doesn't. Well, here is a reverse example. They did a shot for shot remake of psycho with Vince Vaughn. It was not as good as the Tony Perkins version in the 60s. Well, of course not, because Alfred Hitchcock but they did a shot-for-shot shot remake. Well, the other thing is, you're at a disadvantage anytime you're doing a remake, because there's you know always the going to be... Yes, you already have seen it, and now there's this inevitable uh, sort of bias towards what you know, particularly if it's a classic. So I think it's, it's very difficult to even come into that conversation on a level playing field. Yeah, that's true. It, it just... I don't like remakes because I feel like you should do something original. Come up with something original that I haven't seen before because I've already seen that. But if you're going to do it, shouldn't you do it better? And if you can't do it better, don't do it. Well, you don't know whether you've done it better until, you know, who's to say that you did it better or you didn't do it better? I don't know. I think if you if you do a table read and it sounds like crap, maybe you shouldn't be doing this movie. Uh, I think by that point in time, it's a little it's too late. late. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And you know what? Even if it's crap, the bottom line is, well, we know that we're going to make uh, $100 million in distribution <laughs> rights, so get that baby finished. We've got a lot of money here. So that's all i got, Tanani. You got anything you want to add? Um, any I rants you got to get off your chest? No, I don't really have any rants. Uh, I guess we can, we've, been, we've been doing a lot of sports lately, so we can, uh, we can save the sports maybe for next week. Okay. Your Steelers managed to win a game. Yeah, they're first one they're and surging. three team that's going to. Yeah, come out of the show. Now, to be fair, they beat an 0-3 Bengals team. <laughs> yeah, and the Bengals. They were an 0-3 team. Because I said to somebody on Tuesday, I said, you know, don't get too excited. They were supposed to. I mean, they're an 0-3 team as well, but don't get too excited to beat an 0-3 team. You're supposed to. Well, I'm, I'm terrified about this week's game with the Chargers because they're playing the 0-4 Broncos. The Broncos are really not an 0-4 team. They're not a good team. Yeah. And they're going to win a game sooner or later. It'll and I'm pretty sure it's going to be this week. <laughs> In, it's in division. Particularly because, uh, again, the Chargers continue to be a mash unit. Mm-hmm. The, the, the people in IR outnumber the people actually, I think, in the game. That's fair. Their team right now is basically Phillip Rivers, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen. And Oh, Keenan Allen's back, huh? Well, he, he's, he hasn't been hurt. Oh, he's I played he was, all year. Isn't he always hurt, though? Well, he, he'll be hurt next. <laughs> Everyone else is uh, either on injured reserve or dead. They don't have any other receivers, do they? They're all, no, Mike all Williams hurt. has been hurt, and then Justin Jackson has been hurt, and then their, their offensive line stunk to begin with, yeah. and then they've been hurt. Russell Okung isn't back. They still don't have their kicker. They just signed another kicker. Hunter Henry is still out. So they have been a disaster zone. Phillip Rivers is basically carrying the team, working miracles, but... I I predict that it is going to be a nail-biter of a game, and they could very easily lose. Well, I think the Steelers will be destroyed by the Ravens tomorrow. Um, I don't think they're going to be destroyed by the Ravens. I think the Steelers' defense cannot seem to figure out how to catch up with a running quarterback, even if he doesn't want to run. And I think uh, that's going to be their undoing. And I think Mason Rudolph looked better against the Bengals, but the running game is still struggling. Yeah, but you know what? Not... The interesting thing about the Ravens this year is that the Ravens' defense, which is usually their calling card, Isn't has good. looked not so good. And yeah. in particular, against the run, has mm-hmm. looked not very good. That is true. But the, luckily, the Steelers haven't run well, so it'll, well, well, that's what I mean. maybe <laughs> it won't be a problem. This, maybe this is the week for them to get to get right on the running game. On a positive note. Because the Steelers' offensive line is still very good. That's what we keep hearing. Right. I haven't seen it, but we yeah, keep hearing Yeah, well, I mean, it. Rudolph is not getting blasted. No, but the running game is not... 
anywhere what it was even last year. Randy Fittner, um, or Flittner, sorry, uh, did some strange plays to get on the outside against the Bengals, which I was happy to see changing it up instead of just running into the pile and hoping you get How many it. games will the Steelers win this year? I At the beginning of the season, I said eight. I'm going to go with six. I think six is a, a high point because I don't think they're a good team. I do, I do not think they're a good team, and I, they've shown week in, week. They, they, they stuck When's with the Seahawks. When's the last time the Steelers would have only won six games? That would have been uh, in the late 90s under Bill Cowher. I think it was the year after they went to the Super Bowl against yeah. the Cowboys. They went 6-10. and 10. Uh, It was not a good season. But I, I, I think it's – the reality is they're – they're probably in a transition phase, and I think they just don't have the talent. They've got a lot of first-round draft picks on the defense, but they're not playing like first-round draft picks. They're playing like third-round draft picks or fourth-round draft picks. So I, I, maybe they'll come together. I know Tomlin's calm defense, even though they have a defensive coordinator, which seems odd, but what do I know? They they are, unfortunately, this year for them, they are the third-best team in their own yeah. division, which yeah. is usually unheard of. Well. I think they're the second best because I'm not convinced about the Browns yet. They're not better than the Browns. The well, Brown- we might. We'll see. They're, they're, play they're twice. Now, you're right. I'm not convinced that the Browns are you know Super Bowl contenders, no. but the Browns are better. I think the Browns are better than the Steelers. They, think- they certainly are on who they're fielding. In other words, the yes. guys that are on the field. Now, yes. I don't know. Produce, Maybe they don't figure don't it out. I think I, I, I listened to what we talked about preseason, and I said it then. I'll say it again. Baker Mayfield, you have to win to prove I should care about the Browns. And – you're two and two. That's great. You beat Baltimore last week. Super duper for you. But you're two and two. Yeah. You're not awesome. L- l- so. No, they haven't done anything to deserve any plaudits. So and let's one see. of your wins was against the Jets. So don't get too cocky. You know, I mean, you got to play who's on the schedule, but winning against the Jets is not making the scary you thing is Super they're two and two. They've been very underwhelming. Yes, they they had a critical game that they won against the Ravens last week. But they're one and zero in their division, and they're mm-hmm. at the top of the division, yes, they are. which is kind of incredible. Yes, they are, and and that that is incredible. And I think I think Lamar Jackson's still getting his feet under him, trying to figure out what's going on as a, as a non running quarterback because he said he doesn't want to run; he wants yeah. to pass. Lamar Jackson has. I've been a Lamar Jackson fan, and I think he's an incredible talent, and he's a better thrower than people gave him credit for. Although he was a little bit exposed. In other words, I watched a lot of that game. So did I. And what you saw is him sailing the ball repeatedly over guys that were running wide open Mm -hmm. downfield. He has got a cannon of an arm. He's got like a Mike Vick-type arm. He's also got the accuracy of Mike Vick. But he's still, you know, a couple of first games, a little bit of fool's gold. They ran all over the Dolphins. The the Dolphins and Jets? Yeah. Yeah. um, Look, he's more talented. He's not just a running quarterback. He can throw the ball, but he is not accurate down the field. He can be. He could be. He has moments where he puts it like a laser. Yeah. But I saw on the three quarters that I watched at least five pass plays that should have been long completions that he just airmailed the ball. Yeah. I don't think he was under pressure for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. And that makes a difference when you're – Seattle's the one that scares me right now. I I watched that game Thursday night. I expected the Rams to win. They lost. Right now, the MVP of the league is Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's making plays, and they're – they're producing points when they shouldn't be producing points. The thing is, people would say, you're crazy. Of course, it's Mahomes. Mahomes is great. Sure. But the thing is, Russell Wilson is throwing the ball like 22 times. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is throwing it 50. And Russell Wilson is throwing it, you know, 17 for 22, four touchdowns. He runs. He he extends plays. And he, I still think, I think he is the most accurate deep passer in the league. Now he can't. He doesn't have the arm of no. Mahomes, no. and he can't do the Gumby things. No, but he can run. He can run. He's great. I mean, right now, if you look at the way he's been playing, he's a magician. They don't have a ton of offensive weapons. No, but they seem to get production out of the ones they do because have. of Russell Wilson. Yeah, because he, you, he makes plays happen. He he extends plays. He gets out of the pocket. He makes first downs with his feet. And then if you get loose downfield, he needs a window of about a foot, and he seems to put the ball there. He does. He does. Quarter pole, he's the MVP. Goff looks a little confused to me. I don't know what's going on with him, but he I've never look been. Like look, I've said this before, even before the Super Bowl last year. When I watched the Bears, now obviously it was in Chicago, it was horrific weather, mm-hmm. but 
Jared Goff has a lot of talent, and if you can get him where they are able to run play action and he's got a clean pocket, he can carve you up. But if you get pressure on him, and this is true of every quarterback, but he does not deal no. with pressure, particularly interior pressure, at all. And Gurley's not running well. And I think that's well. He still threw. Him. You know that game. He threw for over five hundred yards because I think he passed it about sixty times. Yeah. But he had three picks. He's the kind of guy that if he's not on platform, he gets very unsettled. Yes. I don't see him as an elite quarterback. I think he's not got right he's got talent. Yeah. I think he's good. But you got to think that Bill Belichick is watching film of this mm-hmm. and other guys. You know, Mike Zimmer and saying you put this guy in a pressure cooker where you can actually get on top of him. He's not. He's gonna have problems. Yeah, and he need a running game to support that, and they don't have it right now. They're, they're t- throwing sixty times or throwing for five hundred yards is not winning games. And that that's not the, the offense that Sean McVay wants to run either. No, it isn't. But that's what he's got. So we'll go with that. All right, that's it. Thank you for joining us. I'm Chad. I'm Tony. Good night. This has been a Hannah Tree production.